The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans. Every minute, every second in SoFi Stadium was crucial. But the Dallas Cowboys get back into their winning ways with a 20-17 win in Week 6 over the Los Angeles Chargers. And they put the bye week on tap on a high note with a 4-2 record. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Talking Cowboys here on a Victory Tuesday from the star in Frisco alongside Nick Harris. Isaiah Stanback. We've got Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Gentlemen, how we doing? I'm good. Yeah, solid. I'm good, man. Did you get some extra sleep last night? <laughs> no, last night. No, was not terrible last night. Me. I got maybe what? got two hours. Ooh, two hours? Really? Yeah. Really? Over That's under nice. Nick Harris. <laughs> under, but yeah, I'm glad we're in the same boat. <laughs> what time did y'all land? Uh, we landed at about, I think uh, I think it was 3.25 whenever the uh, the flight attendant set over the intercom is when we landed. And then I got home around like 4, 4.15. And then I just like messed around for like an hour. Like, mm. you know, like, I started like chopping it up with one of my roommates because he was about to go to work. And I was just like, man, what am I doing? I need to go to sleep. I have a show at 9 a.m. So this is on me. This is on me right now. I'm very tired today. <laughs> Dedication, though. Yes, sir. Only for the There's brand. no hesitation on you calling in today. Mm. You know, I had to show some grit you yeah. know because so, after last night's performance i'm yeah. looking around and i'm seeing you know the, the grit that's being shown on the field i was yeah. like you know what i gotta go mm. in i gotta Team be player. ready for talking cowboys so here we are Team 9 freaking baby. player that's what i'm talking about nick <laughs> we are the morning show and of course there is always a portion of talking cowboys brought to you by quaker oats a super trusted superfood quaker oats the official oatmeal sponsor of the dallas cowboys but we had plenty of grits last night i see what you did there you see what I did there? I see there. I threw the read in there early you just did. for it. Smart man. 20 to 17. And like Nick said, I mean, it took Sounds familiar. toughness. It took physicality. Yeah, it's the same score they beat the Chargers by the last time they played at SoFi Stadium back in 2021. Interesting. 20 to 17. Fun fact. Nick, it, it, it was interesting. At least whenever Isaiah and I were watching this on the TV copy back here, it was it was intense. Really, from the jump. I mean, there was an intensity, there was a focus, a laser focus at times, not so much at other times throughout the football game. But one thing that really stood out to me was right at the end, it was Mike McCarthy raising his hands. It was Dak Prescott looking up to the sky and saying, Thank you, thank you. <laughs> what, what did it feel like in the locker room? What did it feel like following the game? Was it a euphoria? Was there a big celebration? Or was it more so of a, a, a chip? off the shoulder, a chip off the old block, just to 
get another win and go into the bye week with a high name. Yeah, probably more so the latter as far as a chip off the shoulder. It was more so just a relief. Uh, everyone was definitely, I, I wouldn't say it was euphoric by any means. You know, there wasn't, you know, uh, champagne bottles getting popped in for a week six win going into the bye, but it was, uh, it, it, there was some nice joy and everyone was happy that they pulled out with the win. I'd, there was one distinct conversation that I kind of overheard, and I, I won't say which player this was just because of confidentiality, I would assume, but one player was like, man, my heel's kind of hurting like that. As he was taking off his tape, and another player that was in the same position group, he's like, "You'd be all right, man. You got the bye week to go to, to go with it." <laughs> and so uh, everyone, uh, everyone's pretty feel, uh, feeling pretty good. The flight home last night, pretty good vibes, uh, much better vibes than this time last week when uh, they were coming back from San Francisco. But you know, with this team, I, I think uh, resilience was probably the the word to use from last night because the game last night started exactly how the San Francisco game started mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball. It was just flipped. It was the defense uh, giving up a touchdown and the offense going three and out and man when that happened last night we just kind of looked around and we're like is this about to happen again like there's no way this is about to happen again and uh then the offense responds they get on they get on the board with a touchdown drive it was it was a long methodical touchdown drive uh they got going with the run game they got going with the pass game it was probably the, it was probably the last time we saw the run game the entire night but yeah. um Overall, I feel like the offense really found its execution through the pass game, and that's something we've been talking about a lot. And Dak had his best game of the season, needed to have that against uh, um, that defense. We, we talked about how there was such a big opportunity there. CD did the same exact thing. So uh, really good to see the guys that needed to get involved get involved. And, and then defensively, um, you know, even though they only got home once on the Michael Parsons sack uh, late in the game, they, they forced so many pressures. It felt like Herbert was running out of the pocket every single play. And I think I saw a stat last night when the Cowboys force uh, more than 15 pressures on the quarterback since Dan Quinn has arrived. They're 17-2. and two. Wow. Um, So a, a big-time big time job by the defensive line, even if they only got home once, that their impact was was made much larger. Uh, and then how about Stephon Gilmore uh, finishing it off? Really, really cool to see. Are you saying pressures are more important than sacks? I see you do. Let's look at three-plus sacks. No, I, I, I see you there. Um. Yeah, to your point, proud of these guys for for bouncing back, right, and remaining resilient. There was a lot of opportunities for them to put kind of put their head down and say, "Crap, here we go again." Uh, they didn't do so, and um, the guys, to your point, the guys that needed to step up, the position groups that needed to step up in this game did so. Um, Dak, you know, people can say whatever the heck they want to about Dak. You know, we we sat here last week and said he's not broken; he just has to do better. Right? He just has to make better decisions. I feel as if he made better decisions. I, I think that instead of forcing the ball and having having turnovers, potential interceptions, you know, he took the sacks. And sometimes that's a positive play versus what the other um, decision would have resulted in. So he has more sacks than you than you would like. However, you didn't ha- you, at no point in time did you feel like there's ever a risk of any interception. So that's a positive. So he he stepped his game up. He he extended plays that a lot of quarterbacks would not have been able to extend um, to put you in a position to be able to get first downs and actually get some first downs. He utilized his legs. Like people said that he needs to do more often. Um, we know when he uses his legs, he puts his team in a better position offensively. Speaking of thank God. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, Mike McCarthy, great, great job moving your playmakers around. You know, this, this is not this is not look like, like a photo before the ball was snapped. You know, mm. CeeDee Lamb was moving from the first snap of the game. CeeDee Lamb was moving around. Brandon Cooks was moving around. You know, there was there was some some 
some swag to the motions. You know, there's a little energy in the motions. It, it was it created matchup nightmares. It created space. It created leverage. It created confusion. Right. So moving guys around. We sat here and talked about that last week as well. About how important that is to this offense. We said on the pregame show, the top five offenses in the league, their guys don't sit still before the snap. Right. So they got into their he hadn't he got into his bag defensively. Defensive line stepped up in a major way. And I'm not even just talking about pressures. I'm not, that's that's what we expect of this defensive line. Right. No disrespect to them, but we expect pressures. We we expect when they when they are in passing situations to make it make it hell for opposing quarterbacks. That's the expectation for this team and for that defense. What they did was they took away the run. And by taking away the run, they were allowed to do what they do best, which is pass rush. Um, they shut down one of the most versatile running backs in the game, Austin Eckler. He's fully healthy, coming off of injury. He's been out for the last four weeks. This dude came in there ready to roll, had a good start to the game, but after that, they shut him down. This Would you dude, say they punched him in the mouth? They punched him all the way in the mouth. Um, <laughs> literally? Literally. Um, yeah. And before the game, you know, uh, <laughs> figuratively, you know, in, in, in actuality. Game, 14 um, carries for 27 yards. That's 1.9 yards That's per the carry. definition of shutting somebody down. Um, and you had to do that. Because if they had access to Eckler, you're in trouble. Yeah. You're in trouble. Um, so the defensive front did a great job. And then go all the way to, to the next level. Who's going to fill in from Van Der Esch? Oh, man. Wanye Thomas? Nope. Wanye's not healthy, so he can't help out. So uh, Malik Jefferson? Nah, Malik Jefferson's more of a special teams player. Okay, well, who is it going to be? Uh, 14, 14, 14. Uh, Cox? No, that Cox ain't here no more. No, it's not him. It, oh, Marquise Bell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Marquise Bell. Yeah, that guy. You mean the undersized guy? The 200-pounder? Yeah, yeah, that guy. Well, guess what? He hadn't had a great start to the season, but he showed up in a big way last night. He was all over the freaking place, running around, making life hell for the quarterback, taking away Eckler, running, taking away any other little little dump downs that they had, running sideline to sideline, making big hits, pressures. He was a, a, the the game the game changer for me um, on that side of the ball. Yeah, he was so awesome, and I, I talked to him one on one after the game uh, in the pre- in the in the locker room, and he's so like naive to the moment too. It feels like, which is, it's probably a good thing to have in mm-hmm. that that kind of situation. I know Dan Quinn has talked about that with Deron Bland at times, just about how like no moment is too big for him. Kind of feels that way with Marquise mm-hmm. Bell. It was really good to see him ball out the way he did last night. Yeah, and there were multiple guys that stepped up in that way, and we kind of talked about it that there were role players that needed to come in mm-hmm. and play better, and it wasn't perfect. There were penalties, there were mistakes. <laughs> A lot of penalties. There was a lot of penalties. There was a lot going on offensively, defensively. Doesn't matter. Nope. It wasn't a perfect game from any unit, but it was enough to get the job done. And there were a lot of key plays throughout. Right. I felt like our highlight read last night was the longest I've ever had to to put together because I felt like there were so many crucial points in this football game. Yeah. You could talk about the first half. You could talk about the the decision to not take a shot at the end zone and kick a field goal going into halftime. You could talk about the second half and the the punt touch and, and Jalen Tober trying to make a play and it gives it back to the Chargers but ultimately the, the the number one thing that stood out on offense was the way that Dak Prescott started playing instinctively again started using the legs started getting out of trouble because he was under pressure quite a bit and he got sacked a couple times too I think it was four sacks total mm-hmm. on the game he he was under pressure this yeah. pass rush got after Dak Prescott but it was his ability to improvise it was his ability to escape that we haven't seen really at any point this season that allowed him to be successful find targets downfield open up that passing attack a little bit like you said a little bit earlier Nick I mean it might have been the last time we saw the run game neither team could get the ground game going but the difference in this one was the fact that Dak had a better game than Justin Herbert 
yeah. and that's how you got the win. Yeah, four won this game. Uh, all in all, 312 total yards. It was not only on the ground with the the fourth down scamper and being able to make that happen, and then through the air, it, he he did it. Um, you know the run game it couldn't really get going and I, I wrote about it in five takes last night they have to start getting creative with tony pollard in the run game um and i hate to harp on a couple of negatives here but you have to look at the score and you say you only scored 20 and you were three points away from losing this game it could have gone either way late um and then so there are definitely negatives to draw away and the two big things i came away with was tony pollard there's just not enough creativity with him and then i don't feel like there's enough creativity in the play calling overall um you you mentioned the pre-snap motion it was the first time we had really seen that so far mm-hmm. this season, and it got it got us back to like looking at an NFL offense. Mm-hmm. I want I want more. <laughs> Give me more. <laughs> I, I, I just there's so many weapons on this team. I, I feel like you can put guys in positions to make some make some plays out in the open field. Like it, it, it could be as simple as the Brandon Cooks end around, and it's a big first down, 14 yard gain, and it gets it sparks a drive, and then he ends up having a huge drive, has a huge third down catch on that drive. It only builds momentum. Like let's just get the get the ball in the hands of these guys. We can keep the short concepts. Okay, we can keep the short medium concepts, but just get a little more creative with it. I, I'm going back on the film today. It's actually one of my notes that I do have. How many slants did CD run? Uh, CD run last night, which like he did good. Don't get me wrong, but it's just like, man. But you but you know what? <laughs> like to that point, I'm, I sat here last week and said this offense, the West Coast offense works, right? When you move guys around mm-hmm. and. If you just line up and run slants, you just line up and run hitches, line up and run shallows, like it's probably not going to work to your favor. But when you watch film, okay, when everybody else watches film, go back and look at how putting CD Lamb in motion or anybody in motion softens the defense, how it creates leverage, right? So CD Lamb might be lined up one way. All of a sudden, you run a motion across the formation. Now, whoever was on him goes from inside inside leverage to outside leverage. Right, it goes from four yards off to five yards off. Those little adjustments that nobody pays attention to are what creates the opportunities for him to run slant routes uninhibited. Right, that I mean, there's so many opportunities like that that you that showed up on film last night. Where it's like, you know what, the safety was going to roll down to his side, but as soon as you put somebody in motion, they change responsibilities and they sent the other safety down instead of that safety that was going to take away that slant, and you're able to hit C.D. Lamb across the middle. There's a lot of things like that that people don't see on film, and that's why I say motion, pre, pre-snap motions and shifts or things of that, of that nature are important because you change the dynamic, you change the responsibilities, the defense has to adjust, and when they adjust, they adjust in the way in which you want them to and anticipate them to, to free up, even though you're still running slants and short routes, it allows you to get those those big plays. And we've talked about it many times about how Dak Prescott at times struggles with reading coverages. It highlights coverages by having yep. pre-snap motions, so why not integrate it even more? I think there's only one offense in the entire NFL right now that could get away with the lack of creativity that this team showed through the first five or five games yeah Mm -hmm. um i'll kind of keep last night as an exception and it's miami just because of all the speed that they have like they can run those short quick routes and take off like Mm -hmm. that but not every team is miami clearly they they have the most yards ever through five games so i i I just need to see a little bit more creativity top to bottom there well it it goes hand in hand with pre-snap motion it looked like the creativity allowed for more confidence for dak too Mm -hmm. because for sure the ability for him to step up into the pocket step out of trouble that doesn't come without a little bit of confidence. Just a little bit of confidence to know, okay, this is where my guys are going. This is where they're going to be. That sort of deal from a quarterback standpoint. So when you're looking at it, Isaiah, and you're looking at a game that Dak had last night, 
it, it's not going to jump off the page from a statistic standpoint, but it was clean. He took care of the football, yeah. and he moved the chains. That's what the offense is predicated on. How did you feel like he looked in the way that he executed? I think he exe- executed relatively well. Now, there's definitely balls he wish he had back. Sure. Let's not. I think let's, both quarterbacks yeah, had both, plenty. Oh, of my gosh. Herbert had. Herbert did not bunch. have a good day. He did not have a good day. And part of that was because the defense was putting pressure on yes, him. sir. And he did not feel comfortable setting his feet. So if you can't set your feet as a quarterback, you're not going to throw the ball as accurately as you should. There's some. I'm sure Dan Quinn will go back and look at the film. There were some big plays left on the table for for the Chargers that they just mm-hmm. missed on. So glad they missed on them. Um, oh, man, that double move that Keenan Allen put on Deron Bland. Oh man, you talking about when he did the tumble? Oh. When he did the tumble for it? Oh. Yeah, there were some. There were there were some plays out there. there that a couple of them. I looked away. That I, I looked away because I thought was, it was gone. I, I think off the top there was there was at least three plays that should have been probably touchdowns or close to touchdowns that they just missed on. D. Law with the the bat down. There was a screen left side to Austin Eckler and. Yeah. He had a blocker yes. in front, and it was one-on-one blocker. And the only guy that uh, Eckler would have had to beat, I believe, yeah. was was it Damone Clark? That would have been, yeah. The, it was, the, the it bat was down six. by D-Law would have been six. Yeah. That would have been six. Most likely would have been six. Saved a touchdown. Yeah, there's at least two Keenan Allen plays that would have been six. I mean, but they, it is what it is, right? Could have, should have, would have. Didn't happen. Um, Dak played well. Now, I want people to understand that taking a sack is not always a negative play. Yeah, Dak did a great job of just knowing, I got to eat this one. I got to eat this one. Last week, he didn't do that. Last week and some things last year, he just tried to force it in there. It it takes maturity. It takes growth to say, dang it, I don't want to take this sack, but I got to eat it, right? Live the the play another down. Um, He did that yesterday. Uh, He escaped so many sacks. There was four sacks. He escaped another five. Yeah. Yeah, he looked like a little bit of Romo, just shaking him off. (laughs) I still have to go back and look at the the O-line, but – from what I was seeing, they were getting their butts kicked a little bit up front. Okay, the stunts were giving them problems. We knew we we broke it down on film last week yeah. about how these guys run stunts. They run wide, wide stunts. So it puts a lot of stress on Tyler Biotis and um, the rest of the guys on the interior line to really look all the way outside into eleven techniques. And say, okay, is that guy coming? Oh crap! All right, so gets your bodies out of position, gets their shoulders turned, and then they had to end up holding calls and things of that nature. Um, but Dak did a great job. I um, I. I'm glad that he uses his legs. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad. If he didn't use his legs, they don't win that game. Mm. Straight up. Yeah, I'm if, with you. If Dak did not use his legs and did not cross the line of scrimmage and get some positive yardage, they don't win that game. Or even well, scrambling outside of the pocket either. Yeah. yeah. Because you, you take away the touchdown because that was 18 yards on, a, on the read option, so that's not using his legs. The way that he set up the 60-yarder to Tony Pollard, on that one drive that ended up in points, that was one where it could have certainly gone a different direction. C.D. Lamb, 18-yarder in the final drive to help set up that field goal, the Brandon Aubrey field goal, multiple times where Dak used his legs, utilized the ability to to, to move around the pocket, get out of the pocket. Uh, it certainly helped things out. All right, time for us to take our first break. When we come back, let's continue on the offensive side of the football What's going on with the connection between Dak Prescott and Michael Gallup? Is there something to be concerned about moving forward, or is this something that's already been a concern for this Cowboys offense? When we come back with more Talking Cowboys on a Victory Tuesday right after this. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. 
fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at BankofAmerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices message and data rates may apply member fdic welcome back into dear doctor the show where i answer life's questions with an ice cold can of dr pepper sheila let's hear from our next caller would you dear doctor my friend supported me during a tough time but what's the right gift that says thanks for being a soldier to cry on okay this one's easy i say give her a delicious dr pepper nothing says thanks girl better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. Back to Talking Cowboys. This segment is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. It's all smiles here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. The official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys is the Cowboys get a 20 to 17 win over the Los Angeles Chargers. They are now at 4 and 2 going into the bye week, but still plenty to talk about on offense that maybe wasn't as clean as it could have been. We'll talk about the penalties, we'll talk about the offensive line in a little bit, but I want to start with Michael Gallup. Dak Prescott at one point in the game when targeting anyone but Michael Gallup was 16 of 16 passing. He completed his first 16 targets to guys that weren't wearing the number 13 on the Dallas Cowboys wide receiver core. However, Michael Gallup did get the most targets in the game. 10 targets, had just three receptions for 24 yards. So I asked the question, gentlemen, and Nick, I'll start with you. But Michael Gallup has always benefited from a connection with Dak Prescott. He's always had four in his corner and it's not to say that four is not in his corner by any means he targeted him 10 times but is there a concern there for Michael Gallup moving forward or is this a concern that's already been there but it's just rearing its ugly head again yeah I mean look at the last two seasons and the production that you've gotten from Michael Gallup I think there had to be a certain level of expectation I I don't think that I, I don't think that anyone realistically you could ask going into the season expected a thousand yard season from him like he did in 2019 uh that was 2019 i believe um as a wide receiver three what are the expectations like what are the preseason expectations Uh, asking you guys for michael gallup yeah getting paid what is it 11 million a year right about isaiah Mm -hmm. 11.35 11.35 million a year I, i mean he is a number three receiver i would like at least 800 yards 800 yards would be great that's that's asking a lot because that means Brandon Cooks probably has at least nine hundred a thousand, and that hasn't happened. 
CD Lamb would have 1,300 like he's had the last couple of years. So I think even 800 is probably a high number. I'll say this. I And I'm sure 600, 800, you know, in that range, probably good. But the fact that he had seven targets last night that did not go his way. There's got to be some sort of rhythm there. There's got to be a rhythm that gets built um, with him and Dak Prescott. I, I don't know what that looks like. Um, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I do because because those, that's a that's a relationship that's been built over the last five six years, and I, I'm I'm not 100 percent sure what's wrong there. But it hasn't felt the same since he's come back from injury, um, rhythm wise, with him and Dak. So we saw that a couple times last night, and there was a couple of scr- uh, a slants that he ran um, that Dak was expecting him to break on a little bit earlier, and they got batted down quicker than expected. So um, you know. I think that's that's part of it. What we got over here? Yeah, I'm, Isaiah, I'm what are you cooking up over I'm here? I'm very confused. I'm just, I mean, I know what people like to do. I Big don't, FOMO, right? Here. I don't like counting people's money. Um, but the reality is you, you, you gave him the bag. You gave him the bag. And he, there's an expectation, unfortunately. There's an expectation that comes when you get paid in this league. Sure. And from the time that we reached training camp, I was concerned about his ability to make contributions to the level of the expectations, right? So I hear you saying that he's a number three receiver on this roster, but he's a a well-paid number three receiver on this roster. So whether the issues are stemming from from his end or whether the issues are stemming from the chemistry in, in between him and a quarterback or the offensive coordinator, something has to be figured out mm-hmm. because right now I don't feel like there's back in the day before his injury, there was you knew what Michael Gallup's role on this team was. Yeah, deep threat, contested catches, contested big and third he's still down guy, contested contested catchability. Yes, I think he still possesses the, those uh, capabilities. However, they're not asking that of him right now. And when the opportunities have come to him, aside from one game this year, it hasn't connected. For whatever reason, I'm not going to speculate. It just hasn't connected. And, again, that's for them to figure out. But, you know, there's an out for them in 2024. And right now, I can't see them – what he's put on film this year, I can't see them continuing to pay him that going forward for the contributions that he's made. The cap hit next year would just be under – just under 14 mil. So 14 million under the cap hit. Uh, the year after that, 2025, is $16 million. And so the, the potential out is where the cap hit and the dead cap mm-hmm. kind of offset a little bit, and it doesn't hurt you as bad as a, as a team. It would still be tough to get rid of Michael Gallup just from a contract standpoint. There was going to be a significant amount of dead cap there. But you could also restructure him and maybe try and push that down the road if you could, if you wanted to keep him. They just, they just have to figure something out. But it, 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 you're right. Yeah. If they if they don't want to keep him, then what do you do with, with a guy like Gallup? And honestly, I think you could say the same thing about the wide receiver core as, as a whole. This was the first time you really saw Brandon Cooks at the same time. And you got him involved. You got him outside. You, you got him a couple targets, and he had a touchdown grab. That's great. Didn't really see a whole lot of Jake Ferguson in this matchup. I want to see more of these guys, but at the same time, Whenever C.D. Lamb's doing what he's doing, you can't take targets away from him either. Yeah, and C.D. obviously had a fantastic night last night, and that's what you want to see. You want to see your best playmaker get fed. But mm-hmm. um, all in all, I, it's tough for multiple receivers to have a good game. And and we've, we've seen that through six games. Again, we have a really large sample size now going into the bye, bye week. I think coming out of the bye week, there's got to be some sort of emphasis on just 
getting playmakers the ball. I, it goes back to what I said in the first segment. Just get a little bit more creative. You've got guys that can that can grab the football. I mean, with Michael Gallup, he's still a possession guy. He's still a guy you can throw it up to one on one and feel comfortable with. Um, you know, against a Charger secondary, uh, I just want to see them take those chances more. What did you think about the offensive line, Nick? It, Isaiah kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. He felt like, at least on initial viewing, they had some holes. I haven't even gone back and watched the film yet. Usually I do. Slept in a little bit this morning. Go after <laughs> I'll look at the film in a little bit. But I thought the same thing. I thought the offensive line at times held up decently, but Dak Prescott was under pressure quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, it was a horrible night up front, in, yeah. in my opinion. Um, Dak Prescott was running away for his life most of the time, and he was able to fight some guys off. I mean, again, if it's without four last night, they don't win that game. He did a great job of uh, just being able to fight off the pressure. But offensive lineman Tyler Smith had probably his roughest night that I've, I've seen him mm. have in a really long time. Um, it was pre-snap penalties, holding penalties. Um, Terrence Steele held his own. I, I think he was probably the guy who had the best night last night up front. Um, but that left side, man, it was crashing in a lot it happened early and often it was Khalil Mack getting home early yeah. it was um uh, I, I, gosh what was uh Nick Williams got home uh, in the fourth quarter Morgan on, Fox had two sacks yeah Morgan I don't, I don't see I don't even know who that is no. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah it, it was uh it was a rough night up front those guys they got to clean that up and who knows maybe it's a rhythm thing all, all five of those guys being up front for only the second game and uh I haven't loved the sample size we've gotten from those two games so hopefully there's a little bit more to clean up there I had I, I asked Tyler Smith afterwards what's kind of the emphasis going into the bye week from an offensive line perspective and he said man we we just got to get back to what we do we do right and let's get back to technique um he, he said there was one specific thing that he needed to work on but i, I completely forgot what it was um but pre-snap penalties that was also a huge emphasis and making sure that they clean those up but man the penalties last night 11 of gosh. them for 85 yards i mean it was all three phases again it was like it was the same mm -hmm. thing that's been plaguing this team all season lining up offsides 12 men on the field twice, twice and yeah they had it, to burn a timeout man, to save the second one it's uh that's that's got to be cleaned up how, how does that's that happen how does 12 men on the field happen substitutions just just not the second one was sam williams and um there was they were subbing a lot Look, man, Sam Williams tweeted postgame, free me with, like, a, a a dog in, like, a cage. And, man, free yourself. Mm. Free yourself. That's that's kind of how I feel about it. He's getting involved in fights pregame, and then during the game he's lining up, uh, lining up on, on the field when he shouldn't be, and it's hands to the face. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. Come on. Oh. Come on. Sam Williams, I challenge you to free yourself. Mm. At that point, it's just discipline, right? At that point, it, because Sam Williams is a good player whenever he's yeah. active. Maturity and discipline. But you just got to find discipline, right? And maturity. Yeah. That's a crew. I mean, it's a competitive, competitive group over there on the defense side of the ball. But uh, going back to the offensive line side of things, you know, I'm glad that he said that they have to get back to their technique because that's what shows up on film. Hmm. They're struggling on stunts. They're struggling on stunts. And when I say that, I mean – I'm assuming that the Chargers seen it on film against the 49ers because the 49ers ran a ton of stunts, and it caused Dallas some issues up front as well. But the passing off of responsibilities, the communication there, the nonverbal communication of knowing who's coming into your space and who you're, who you're supposed to take based upon based upon you know the blocking scheme, um, you know the technique comes into part when these defensive ends are getting so wide. You know, mm -hmm. The Chargers stress that extensively right they lined up in a nine technique which is a gap outside of your tackle 
and then they put somebody outside of that. So I don't know, call it 11 technique, right? So you had a nine and 11, two guys outside, and then they ran a stunt back across. So as the whole right side of the offensive line tries to, tries to, you know, shovel, 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 kick, 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 and go out there and protect the right side. Well, sometimes you just get a little nosy and you end up turning your body, and now all of a sudden your pads are adjacent to the sideline, and that stunt comes right back over the top. So mm. technique comes into part, but also trusting your responsibilities. If they're playing that wide, they can't get to your quarterback. right? They can't get to your quarterback. There's, there's, there's literally a, a hit point. Right for the defensive ends, they they run it all day long in training camp. Right, they there's a, there's a certain yardage. Right, four and a half, five. Sorry, four yards or six yards. That's where your quarterback's really gonna lie at. Right, right around that mark. Okay, they're gonna hit that that point every single time. When you line up so far out, they're just gonna end up running the hoop. So you have to trust your technique and trust your scheme. Trust your quarterback to know that hey, if they want to line up way out there, bro, you you can step up here all day long. Right, let those guys run around in circles all day long, and let them go on a merry-go-round. Step up here, and this is this is your safe place, right? This is your this is your snuggie. We'll put a snuggie <laughs> around you, right? But they can't chase they can't chase guys, and that's what I think they're starting to fall into. So when I when I hear him say, "Hey, we have to get back to trusting our technique," I think that's probably what he's referring to. Hey, we just got to this is our box right here, right? And if they want to get to the, to, to our guy that we're that we're bodyguarding right now, which is Dak, they have to come through us, right? And that's the hardest concept. You you find. Guys on special teams, right? I did a lot of special teams. Punt teams chase the guys a lot as yeah. well, right? They end up getting their bodies turned, and that's when the up and unders come. Holding you just got to say, hey, listen, this guy is at, at that point right there. We know how many yards he's going to be sitting at. If they want to get to him, they can run around, and they never get to, never get there, or they have to come through us. And the offensive line has to get back to saying they got to come through us if they want to get to number four. Trusting your foundation, trusting your technique, yep. that sounds – Easier said than done. Yeah. It feels like it would be a tough thing, though, all the way through. So how easy is that to do from an offensive line standpoint? It's trust. It's trusting the guy that's next to you. Okay. It's trusting the guy that's next to you. Can it's that just come with continuity and reps? Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's also sometimes you get so gung-ho out on, I want to get this guy, I want to get this guy, or, yeah. oh, that's my guy, right? That's my guy no matter what. I'm chasing him like a pit bull, right? Like he's wherever he goes, I'm going. And then you lose your technique in chasing your assignment. So even though you're, you've checked the box, okay, I got my guy, that's mine, I'm responsible for him. Well, if he goes outside of my jurisdiction, I can't keep chasing him, right? I can't lose what I'm supposed to be doing yeah. just to chase my assignment. And that we've seen it on film many times where team defensive coordinators will recognize, hey, we know that guy gets locked in, so we're going to we're gonna mess with him. I almost said something else. We're going to mess with him, right? We're going to run up there, and we're going to grab his attention, and then we're going to back out of there, right? Because we know if you show at the line of scrimmage, he's going to get locked in on you, and he's going to be less concerned about the gap integrity that he's supposed to have, right? So there's a lot of that going on. So they just have to get back to saying, hey, shoulder to shoulder, you're my brother. Anybody wants to get back there, right, they got to come through us. We just got to trust that if they want to run the hoop, Right, they want to run the hoop. Dak's gonna step up, and they just have to keep instilling that into Dak. Hey, 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 step up, step up. We got you in here. We can't help you out there. We got to, you got to step up. Can I get my sicko back for a minute? Go ahead. Yes. Um, so whatever, what I was covering what, high school. Football. Now we need a drop, like uh, yeah. like Nick's sicko bag. Did you see his his fit yesterday? Yeah, it was. They talk about sicko. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Nasty yeah. mode. Yeah, I'll, I'll let I see you over there. Um, let me get my sicko back for a minute. <laughs> when I was covering high school football, there's a team down in the Houston area, Bridgeland and Cypress Fair ISD. Um, relatively new school. They actually have they've turned out a lot of talent. The starting quarterback at AM this year, Connor Wigman, came from that program. But every time they go out, they have super wide offensive lines like splits. Mm -hmm. Like these guys are lined up 
dang near like mm -hmm. hash to hash on a college field mm -hmm. or a college and high school field. And I, I was always wondering, like, why do they do this? And poor Connor Wigman, he was just getting bludgeoned in that offense, like every single time, because it was just isolating high school offensive mm -hmm. linemen on, on the edge, and uh, it, it, they were getting killed. Uh, and, but last night, I was sitting there looking at these the, the, the wideness that they'd come around, like you said, with like a 9 or 11 mm -hmm. technique. And I was sitting there, and I was like, you know, if the Bridgeland offensive coordinator was on this sideline he'd tonight, like, yes. he'd be like, you know what? I have Finally just the it. thing. So, I don't know. That was It was a little sicko moment I had last night with myself, so I felt like sharing that. But, yeah, yeah. maybe it could have worked. It's, a, it's trust, I want to know if anybody yeah. at home is a part of the Bridgeland High School yeah. football program and was just <laughs> tuning in to Talking Cowboys <laughs> as a normal Cowboys fan and said, wait a second, what is Nick talking about here? They know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a fan of Bridgeland High School football, send us a text, 817-290-3298. We'll see, if, <laughs> see it on the text line. All right, when we come back, I want to talk about the defensive side of the ball. They deserve a ton of credit. Plus, we've got some smelly stickers to give out on our only show this week with this crew. We'll talk about the mm. podcast switch-up schedule at the same time when we come back with more Talking Cowboys right after this. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Are are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. That's GetJackBlack.com. Black.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. This segment is brought to you by the Cowboys Fan of the Year presented by Captain Morgan. Glad you're with us here on Talking Cowboys. Final segment of a Victory Tuesday here from the Star in Frisco. Isaiah Stanback. What are you laughing at? Nick Harris, Chris Beam in the back. Why are you out of breath? Yeomans. Why am I out of breath? Because <laughs> I got a tight hammy this morning. 
Oh, had to run upstairs to go get that, mm. that beautiful helmet. Look at that. I love that in my shot. That beautiful helmet. Yeah, I'm perfect. just going to put it right there for you. Perfect. Oh, that's there perfect. Is. That's there pretty. Is. That might be the new centerpiece. Uh, I, I have a, like a clean white helmet up there, too. No, like the one they wore, the Arctic Cowboy sm- helmet. Keep the smelly sticker one up there. You like the smelly sticker yeah, one? Yeah, man. People were hating on those uniforms last night. I thought, I, dude, they're so clean. The all yeah, they're yeah. so Broncos. Yeah. They're out of their mind. Those are sick. It's like those I posted on Twitter whenever they came out, and it was like 50-50. Like people were split on it. I was like, we're split on this. I, I it's ridiculous. Yeah. If you're split on, if, if you're just trying to make conversation. That's dumb. Uh, that's dumb. <laughs> that is pure that's dumb. Really, really dumb. Yeah. All right. All right. So before we get to smelly stickers, I really quickly want to give credit where the credit is due on this defensive side of the football. 17 points allowed against Kellen Moore, offensive coordinator for the Chargers, as the Cowboys defense gets back to doing what they do best. They had this the eight quarterback hits, only one sack, pressures all over the field last night. Six passes defended, including a couple big ones from Deron Bland down the stretch. Isaiah, quick thought on the defense before we give our players of the game. I I think they were the D line especially was serviceable. I think they did a great job of I don't want to say serviceable. Let me remove that, retract that statement. The defensive line played their butts off. Uh Jonathan Hankins had a heck of a night. Oso Digizua continues to show up. Um those guys controlled the interior defensive line and really created some havoc on the interior offensive line so that they could not establish a running game. Uh, Marquise Bell did a heck of a job of reading the screens, right? I talk about we talk about how Eckler, if he couldn't get going in a running game, um, he was going to be a, a you know a, a great contributor in terms of the passing potentially. Well, Marquise Bell did a great job of mm-hmm. negating that, right? Whenever wherever Eckler was, he was. Whenever they tried to run screens, he was there, sideline to sideline, creating plays. Um, you know, Curse honestly did a relatively good job as well. Um, you know, I think that penalty was BS against him. Um, I think Durant Bland. Yeah, no sportsman like that was trash to me. That was so trash. Yeah, um, but the secondary, honestly, the secondary, the secondary got tostitoed a good amount of mm. times. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie. Um, I think they got bailed out by some bad throws by Herbert. I think that could have easily been not in their favor um, had the defensive line not had the pressure because guys were open, double moves, kill them. Concepts killed them. Um, I think they have to be better on the back end. It was Jordan Lewis for me that really just had such a rough game, and I, I had actually highlighted it in, in the key matchups leading into the week with with Keenan Allen, uh, him and Keenan Allen, and Keenan Allen cooked them. I mean, it was, and he it was, cooked Deron Bland. Uh, he he did on, times, yeah. he did on that double move, but other than that. He, Deron held his own. Like think about it in the fourth quarter, Keenan was relatively held in check. But that double move, it, it, it yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it's uh, again corner, very thankless job at times because yeah. when you have one horrible play like yeah, that, yeah, yeah, it overwhelms everything. Yeah, but facts. Um, it, whenever they put Deron Bland on him, it it, it it worked out, and I was screaming for that early in the game just because they were throwing Gilmore at him, they were throwing Jordan Lewis at him, they were throwing Donovan Wilson at him at, at, at a certain point one on one, and it wasn't working out. But um, fortunately, it worked out for the Cowboys I really like the defense and what they did last night because you talk about 17 points allowed or very easily could have been 10 points allowed if it wasn't for the special teams debacle and the, that the was a great play by the field Chargers. position it was it was a yeah. great play uh and I I don't fault Jalen Tolbert for going not at all football he he was trying to make a play he yep. thought it was touched by Turpin now he got pushed back in Turpin and that's a learning point for for Tolbert as a whole but the fact that he went and touched the football 
I don't blame yeah, him. For what that. he, what he really did, don't. I hope people understand how difficult of a job he That's has. That's a tough job. You're sprinting for 40 yards, you're sprinting backwards, and then you're expected to stop, turn around, and now change your momentum against the guy, against who's, the guy who's sprinting steam. as well. It's the most one of the most difficult things yeah. you can do in football. It's underrated. Um, kudos to Jalen Tolbert for, for putting that effort out there. And he had a heck of a game, too. All right. Talking about having a heck of a game, is, he, is it enough for your smelly sticker? Well, let Nick Harris start. He had the most time to look through the stickers, so you get things under the underway. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. So I, uh, I, I my eyes peeled onto this lemon right here, mm. right? Because when you're handed lemons in life, what do you do, Kyle? Mm. You make lemonade. And who made so much? Do we have a lemonade sponsor? I don't believe so. Who made so much Minute Maid lemonade oh. yesterday? Not the Houston Astros. Not the Houston Astros. Who, Go Rangers. <laughs> who did? Who did? Who was handed a ton of lemons and made lemonade? Marquise Bell. Oh. So, uh, yeah, I, Marquise Bell, whether it was filling the running lanes, uh, finding Austin Eckler early and, and stopping the run. I mean, you had arguably your best run defender out in Leighton Van Der Esch, And, man, he stepped in and he did his thing in, in the running game. and the passing game, he was able to keep things limited. And even though it did end up in a score, him being able to force that fourth and goal from the one just by being able to stop Eckler right at the goal line, uh, that was grown man stuff. And to see it from mm. uh, a guy that doesn't have as much experience and is literally playing out of position. Love to see it. So, uh, Marquise Bell, you have my smelly sticker today. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, you want to go next, Isaiah? Yeah, I'll do it. All right. I'll pass that big old helmet over here. Whoa. Mm. Stretch. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm going to pick the biggest sticker on here. No oh, pun yeah. intended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm picking the one right here. You see this guy on the bike? Yeah. What does he, he have on his back? He's got a backpack. He's got a backpack. You know why he has a backpack? There's there's like 17 pineapples on this sheet that have a backpack. Well, including this one that only shows his backpack. It's a big guy that rode into SoFi Stadium with his backpack mm. and went in his bag. Coach Who's McCarthy that? went in his bag this week. All right. Regardless of what a lot of people are going to say, he did what he needed to do offensively, changing things up to create the matchups he needed to get some of his playmakers the ball. I know it's not the Kellen Moore. Listen, this is not Kellen Moore's offense. (laughs) Okay, so people need to get that out of their head. You're not going to see what you've seen over the recent years. Get it out of your head. That's what I said in training camp, right? Whatever you have in your head of this offense, get rid of it. It's going to be a completely different look. What you saw yesterday was Mike McCarthy's version of getting in his bag. All right, he will make it look a little bit different every week going forward, but he did what he needed to do in terms of motions and shifts and moving his guys around to get CD Lamb the ball, to get B Cooks the ball. That's more than we could say over the past few weeks. So, Mike McCarthy, you rode into SoFi, put your backpack on, and you looked across the way and you said, Take that, Kellamore. Take that. Take that. Speaking of bags, did y'all see Micah Parsons had like eight bags and he yeah. was carrying into the stadium yesterday? Yeah. Like, what, what he, he brought his whole house He's to LA. SoFi. In LA. He's a West West Coast guy. <laughs> All right. Uh, Isaiah, what did you eat pregame yesterday? You were snacking on a, on a fruit. What did you eat? Oh, What'd I had get? a pear. You had a nice pear, right? That's right. Well, that's what I've got right here. I've got a little sticker. It's a pear. You know who had a pair of touchdowns yesterday and led that offense oh. well? Dak Prescott. Oh. Dak Prescott, big four, got it done. He had a rushing touchdown, his first rushing touchdown since week eight of last year. By the way, longest quarterback run for a touchdown since John Kitna back in 
2013. The kit? It's been a long time since you've seen a quarterback take off for 18 yards. That was 29 back against the Lions. It was actually in 2010. 2010, Because sorry, it was me. my first ever Cowboys game, that exact game. Wow. And whenever uh, a Dak Prescott ran it in, I turned to Patrick Walker. I was like, do you happen to remember that John Kitna run back in 2010? <laughs> and then I tweeted about it, and a couple of people were like, oh, yeah, I remember that. And then pub- PR, they, PR they put tweeted it out. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, awesome. yeah, a little John So Kitna. you did it first? Yeah, yeah. yeah I knew I was on something. I knew I was on something. You feel me? He's out there doing, doing work. But so was Dak Prescott. He had a pair of touchdowns, one in the air, one on the ground. Found Brandon Cooks, got it done. I give him the pair for my smelly sticker today. By the way, I got a question from Mario in South Texas, our guy Mario. He said, I just want to know why Kyle has to run upstairs every week to get the helmet instead of just bringing it down <laughs> into the studio. Great beforehand. question. Great question, Mario. <laughs> we'll talk about it next time. I'll talk, talk about efficiency. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to get a little extra work. Can in. I give an honorable mention that could have very well replaced Coach McCarthy? Ooh. Um, sure, but very quickly. Yeah, very quickly. Jonathan Hankins. Yeah. He's had a, two good weeks. Even in the loss against the, the 49ers, he was solid. Hankins has had a good yeah. year. Yeah. And Osa Digizua. Those two yeah. right there, they need to go into um, the, the the smelly sticker the he- Hall of Fame for this week. Okay. Maybe maybe we'll add another one on yeah, afterwards. Maybe. maybe after, uh, all right, guys. This is kind of sad for me to talk about because uh, it's the last show we're going to do together this week. I could have did it. Yeah, you could have. Yeah, missed the opportunity. We got the big fella on there. That's all uh, right. <laughs> last show we're doing together this week <laughs> on the podcasts because it's now time for our bi-week annual Spread podcast mix-up. Tomorrow, 9 a.m. Central Time on Talking Cowboys. It'll be myself hosting with Barry Church. Who's that? Brian Broaddus. And Kurt Daniels. Those are the three that we've got for Talking Cowboys tomorrow. Really excited about the three guests uh, that we'll have on that one. BC, Brian Broaddus, Kurt Daniels. Really fun crew. Uh, Nick, you'll be on Cowboys break with Derek Eagleton, mm-hmm. Danny McRae, and John Machota. That'll be fun. So, I mean, Derek just decides to yeah, take both grab guys. Patrick Walker Derek. for the full-time show. Listen, yeah. And then John and Nick for the, the switch-up show. We got show. you, D.E., man. We see you. We've he been watching you. you. For some time now. He's apparently yeah. been watching us, You're always too. scouting. You're always scouting. He's been watching us at the same time. It's not by chance, Nick. Just, just seeing it happen. Yeah. Uh, and then Isaiah will be on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. That's right. I'm the boy. 3 p.m. Central Time. <laughs> Nicole Hutchison, <laughs> Amber Garcia, <laughs> Savannah Humiller, and Isaiah Stanback. That's right. So you are the boy. I am the boy. <laughs> That'll be fun. Uh, 3 p.m. Central Time on DallasCowboys.com tomorrow. And then they'll do it again on Monday. Monday. So no shows Thursday and Friday, but Wednesday and Monday is when the switch up, the mix up happens along the way. And you can see the entire list uh, on Derek Eagleton's Twitter if you want to see the entire list of podcast schedules. Y'all doing anything for the bye week? Tyler Smith told me he might be going to the fair, and then mm-hmm. uh, Brock Hoffman quickly looked at him and was like, you probably shouldn't do that. It, it, it had some some uh, stuff some, over the weekend. Some stuff over the weekend. Yeah, security's out of all time. Y'all doing anything for the bye week, I went the, the next, week, the next day. Yeah, I've got, I'm going, uh, I got a concert going on Friday. Uh, I've got VIP tickets to see my favorite bands. So me and the wifey are going there. Mm. And then we're also taking a trip down to Austin. We're going to oh. go see the F1 races. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, That's a little Formula settle. 1 action on the on the bye week. What um, about you? We're actually hosting, my my business, Steadfast Fitness Performance, is hosting the TRX Summit, the Texas mm. TRX Summit. So TRX and their headquarters, they're coming to my facility Let's go. to That's run the summit. Cool. It's going to be pretty dope. Man. Go. Three days. Is that open to the public? Yeah, if you want to pay the fee to get in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get the money for it, but TRX <laughs> that, does. That fee's public. TRX. 
<laughs> they are literally they're taking over our facility. I think they're going to have close to 200 people coming in there to if, run a three-day summit. Somebody listening pays the fee and says they listen to Talking Cowboys. Can they take a picture with you at your, Absolutely. At your facility? Come through, man. Step okay. fast. Finish the performance. Let's go, go, baby. Hey, I'm seeing I'm right. seeing uh, Travis Scott tonight, and then this weekend, all I'm going to do is sleep. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, there you go. You need to catch Beamer, up, what are you doing for the bye week? He's going to go to the fair. All right, there you go. <laughs> I like it, Beamer. All right, that does it for us here on Talking Cowboys. Be sure to tune in to all the mix-up shows throughout the week. But more importantly, here on a Victory Tuesday, Dallas gets the win 20-17 to over the Los Angeles Chargers. For Chris Beam in the back, Isaiah Stanback, and Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the Star in Frisco. We'll see you tomorrow with more Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!